I want to thank everyone for listening to tonight's podcast. Uh, I've got a very fun guest on tonight. Uh, his name is Ben, or as many of you may know him, lover of tech on YouTube. Uh, ben, or you might have to help me out with your full name. Uh, yep. Tell us a yep. little bit about so, yourself and uh, how you got started on YouTube. Awesome. Awesome. Firstly, thank you for having me, Preston, on the show. Really appreciate you reaching out, man. And um, yeah, my name is Benjamin Abuaji. So I am born West African um, from Ghana, part raised, but lived most of my life and still living most of my life in the United Kingdom over the pond in the UK. So in England specifically, um, London-based nation capital, further up north. And um, yeah, I'm pretty much a content creator and my main platform that you will see me on is YouTube at Lover of Tech. So yeah, that's www.youtube.com forward slash Lover of Tech. And it's pretty much all based around anything and all things consumer tech related, whether it's mobile phones, tablets, accessories, laptops, computers, and also filmmaking as well. So anything related to, you know, cameras, you know, um, anything around that vlogging. So kind of a very mixed versatile tech channel. So um, that's that's kind of my thing. And it's, um, I think as of end of April, it was exactly four years on YouTube now. So yeah. Wow. And it looks like things are going great. Uh, I got to tell you, the thing that drew me into your channel was your amazing thumbnails. Tell us a little bit about <laughs> what goes into that. It's a, it's a, it's a, th it's a thought process of um, just trying to make it, it's organic, but definitely stand out. Organic, but definitely stand out. Um, I do it. I do. It depends on how my time is. I've got someone that does help me. So it depends on my time schedule. Um, I would do it myself or I've got one, one, one other guy um, that helps me with it. And it just saves time. But the whole conception and idea of it is all about just making it look natural but really just stand out as much as possible and it's, it's a weird balance to catch without it making look without it making it look like it's cringy you know sometimes right. thumbnails can be too over exaggerated and too cringy you know and there's some there's some moments where i go all out because i just want to have fun with it or yep. you know just find that balance so yeah <laughs> i i loved the one with the giant eyes i thought that was yeah. hilarious <laughs> I thought, yeah that, that's that's a perfect example of yep. like when i just want to have fun with it <laughs> yep no i thought that was great um so what got you into youtube uh in the beginning what uh tell us a little bit about your journey yeah i mean so i think it was what july 2016 and it was way before then way before then and it was just listed full of procrastination and i think it was it was in the early genesis of like what second year university around 2009 2010 where i got into like pc i was into pc building already but i, I got into pc building i remember i posted videos on facebook specifically of me building a pc and i was just for i was just amazed at how people responded to it so it was from then, but it was almost like a thing where it's like, I never really saw it as anything, you know, and I just kept dragging my feet, feet and you would be seeing guys like Marquez, you know, MKBHD, right. you see yep. guys in the UK, like Super Saf, you know, you know, Saf Amadmia, and you, you'd see them posting videos and you would get inspired by it and you're thinking, yo, I should do it. But it's like, you drag your feet, you drag your feet, you drag your feet because you just keep telling yourself like, oh, can I do it? And I always realized like the beginning is always the hardest. The start is always the hardest. And it's like 2016, shout out to my boys, Elijah, AKA Matthew. He, 
he he's into video production and he was the one that really I remember like my first three videos he lived like a good 45 minute drive from my house he would come like every night to help me make sure that you know yo we're getting this video done you have to start this you know and from then it was just like yo we just take it from there man and we go <laughs> that's awesome you know that's i've had quite a few youtubers on my channel and that seems like a common theme for all of them their biggest regret yeah. was not getting started sooner and mm -hmm. uh that's same with me i i wanted to wait 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 until everything was perfect and it'll never get to that point so you just got to get yeah. going um that seems like the common theme uh, tell yep. us a little bit about some tech that you're excited about coming out. I know the Sony A7S III is Ooh. coming out. Are you purchasing? Ooh. You got that pre-order? No. So, I mean, I, I recently just invested in a Fuji X-mount system with the Fuji X-T4. I'm a big APS-C fan because I think the APS-C sensor, there's three main sensors, the micro four first, the full frame APS-C. I just think APS-C is a nice middle ground of size and performance relative to video specifically, you know, because... Uh, I'm more I'm more of a video shooter than I am a photographer, but I do a lot of photography still. You know, I get a lot of photography gigs, but I'm more video first. And I've always found that like, the smaller sensor cameras always have the ability to have more video features and less compromise. Right. Until the A7S III. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but the A7S III, if I look at it, basically my Fuji system that I got, you know, I got that, the camera um the battery grip the lens the flash system i pretty much got it all for cheaper not even the same price cheaper than a canon r6 body one canon r6 body i got all of that so the value of having something so powerful for video and also for photo for that price sits well with what i do for not just youtube but my commercial work so it's 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 um i've already said that the a7s3 unless something from Fuji comes out that matches it, but a much better value. No later than May 2022 for my birthday, you know, I'll be getting an A7, be getting A7S3. And it seems crazy. That's far away. It's it's not, trust me. Like that, that, that time, that timeline will come so quick. You're like, oh God, it's May 2022 yep. already. You know? <laughs> so I'm I'm what 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 impresses me more about the A7S3 is that Sony have created a camera that is so good and worthwhile looking forward to and it's still so accessible in terms of price even though it's expensive it's so accessible to in price that if you can afford it it's worth getting it straight away and i would advise that if it's within your budget get it just because of the whole pandemic situation with production being so limited right you don't want to be caught in a situation where you know you've got the budget but you're second guessing yourself and it's you can't better get for it. you to just pre-order it get it if it doesn't work hey most retailers have great return policies just return it see i missed the boat <laughs> on that whole thing too because uh if you can see i'm using my webcam uh from my macbook pro here yeah. and i missed the boat on getting the elgato cam link for my camera and now they're yep. sold out everywhere and uh yep. and nobody has an answer on when they're going to be back in stock so that's good yep. advice if you're if you're in the field for it in if it's in your budget definitely get it yep. right away Yep. And I like your yep. answer on the APS-C. Uh, that's how I kind of made my decision as well. I went with the Sony A6400. The yeah, 6600 I, wasn't I out yet. And I, uh, I, I really like it, but you hit it. Uh, the cost is just amazing for what you get. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, wh what are your thoughts on the A6400? I, I, I've done great amount of videos on the channel um, on my gear updates to the 6400. 
I still have a 6400, a borrowed 6400 from one of my friends. Um, shout out to Dao. So when I didn't have a cam, when I didn't have camera gear, um, nearer around March, because I had to sell my core camera camera gear, which was the 6400, to kind of stay afloat because of, and I think everyone was in that situation because of the pandemic and stuff. Um, I I love what that camera is for the stage I was at, because the cost of entry was just it's just phenomenal. Right. It's, it's so phenomenal for what you're getting. It's a flip-up screen, which is less functional than a flip-out screen, but it's actually better for line of sight. So mm-hmm. it's a give and take. Right. Where a flip-out screen is much more functional in a sense that the screen can be protected when you put it away. If you're on a gimbal, you can actually mount it in different positions. So you could be doing like a side gimbal move, and then you can have the flip screen looking at you on the side so you can still monitor. So... Flip screens, I mean, the best flip screen is the one on the Panasonic S1H. It's a Swiss Army knife screen. Like, it flips up, it flips out. It, you know, it's it literally does everything in one. So I want every camera in the future to have that screen from the Panasonic Lumix S1H. Um, the autofocus is phenomenal. And it's one, it's one of the biggest selling points for anyone that does run and gun, you know, run and gun on the gimbal, YouTube, even client work and it's not because you use autofocus all the time but it's just it's a great option needed when you can tap into it right know? and that and, and to have that level of phenomenal autofocus at that price point unheard of <laughs> and, <laughs> phenomenal and another thing i've been monkeying around with the photos a little bit they're great yeah. as well i yeah, i've yeah, been very yeah. pleasantly surprised and i use yeah. the sigma 16 millimeter uh, lens oh, yeah. on it and it, it, that just seems to be a great value for a lens of that caliber as well and most of the time you can find it under a grand you right know, whether it's yes. US dollars and and that that kind of that kind of cost of entry i i can't i cannot not recommend that as a camera and one of the biggest underrated features on there because of the type of long form recordings i do not just for youtube but also for you know church as well as client work is unlimited recording it has a truly internal unlimited recording mode where it will just record up until your storage fills out and that is as much as it lacks power features so what i mean about power features is that it has a single card slot and it's in the battery compartment which is a compromise right it doesn't have a head it doesn't have a headphone port so you can't monitor audio which is very important so you need to put a monitor on there to be able to get that you know it has the smaller battery rather than the z type that you get in the a7 3 or the a6600 you know and it doesn't have the what what seems super but it should really be standard like your 4k 60 your 10 bit internal your higher bit rates you know it, it doesn't have those super killer premium video features but in terms of an actual functional video if you're doing let's just say client work where you need unlimited recording for interviews and stuff a6400 next to cameras like the 6600 and also the gh5 are actually probably one of the best cameras to use even above the a7 III because the a7 III or the full frame it doesn't have unlimited recording you know so it's it's weird it's a very nicely sat camera even though there are limitations in terms of the body design and what it can do right and that's kind of another thing i kind of liked about this new release of sony a7s3 seems like they're taking everyone's uh, thoughts and ideas into Mm -hmm. consideration i mean even Mm -hmm. with the dual card slot but it's kind of like four card slots 
Yeah. Um, it's it's amazing what they're doing, and they even put in the flip out screen. But it, yep. it's it's probably not the same as the Panasonic you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, is there yeah, no the pa- the Panasonic one is is like the S one H's flip screen is the flip screen of all flip screens in the sense that it it just does everything. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's like it's. It's crazy. I'll be honest. I I haven't seen that one. I need to definitely check that out after this go interview. Check it, go check it. It's a yep. Swiss Army knife. It flips out. It flips away. It tilts. It's it moves. It it doesn't block any of the ports. It's clear. It's like, yeah, <laughs> we didn't even know that you could actually make a screen like this. But now that you've done it, you've kind of shown everyone else that yo, <laughs> you can give the. You can give the tilt screen and the flip screen at the same time, and it can still cover where the display is protected so that when you're transporting it, you know, the S1H, as much as the A7S3 speaks to me and what I want in my camera, I respect the S1H because ultimately it's just, it's just a functional tank. It doesn't care about trying to be beautiful. It's, It's just caring about, we just want to give you as much functionality and reliability without trying to be pretty and i and i can respect that kind of dialogue and you know mission statement from panasonic as well see these are the type of reviews people have to check out your channel for because you're getting <laughs> you're getting stuff that you're not getting anywhere else you know what i mean I appreciate the, that. the in-depth I appreciate that. uh reviews so you said a little <laughs> bit earlier that you were into building pcs do you yeah do you know about Macs at all uh, i saw yeah, they Max just uh that new uh 27 inch mac that came out um, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, it's uh, it's a shame there's no redesign. Um, yeah, I'm I'm original PC master race from like 2015 back in um high school and college. So Cisco networking and it was like okay. the first the first um the first task they gave us was building a PC. The minute I learned how to build a PC, caught the bug. I, I remember I remember college time spending a lot of money on building PCs. <laughs> so. The hobby is expensive. Not as expensive as cars, but it's an expensive hobby that I kind of still dabble in, but not as much because I'd rather spend that on my video gear because that kind of nets me a better return. But at heart, I'm always PC master race, right? Um, the the 27-inch the iMac um, is, I think it's a missed opportunity in terms of the redesign, but I do understand why they haven't because I think the components in there are still not, enough of an upgrade they are an upgrade but the problem is intel's intel's 14 nanometer architecture has been there since fifth gen broadwell so broadwell didn't even really get that much of a shine it was sixth gen which was um i can't remember what it's called there was haswell which is fourth gen broadwell which is fifth gen i can't remember sixth gen was one of the intel intel's first 14 nanometer process and that was from 2014 so I think Apple in a position where since they've switched to or announced that they're switching to Apple Silicon, I think the redesign will come with Apple Silicon. I think they, it just makes sense for how their mind is, you know, or potentially if Intel get their act together and bring out their 10th, 10 nanometer processors, then maybe they'll feel like, hey, there's an efficient enough of an upgrade since you've actually finally changed the architecture reduce the fabrication process yeah we could do a redesign um but i think it's still good nonetheless you know it's it's definitely as powerful or in some cases more powerful than the imac pro and also you do have an updated facetime camera which is now finally 1080p and the quality is much much better and um you still have the accessibility to change your own ram which is great 
Um, I'm not much of an all-in-one person, but the iMac is good. I think it's I think it's a way better value than the iMac Pro. Okay, hundred percent. So it's a good upgrade. Well, yeah, I had to ask about that just because I I edit on Final Cut Pro, and mm. uh, I'm right now I use a 2013 MacBook, and uh, you know the. They're not, it's not going to last forever, so I thought at some point here I'm going to have to upgrade. And uh, you know, with 4K and stuff editing on these yeah. older machines, it seems like it gets bogged down a little bit. But I've been mm -hmm. impressed for a 2013 MacBook Pro. It still, I mean, handles the 4K pretty well. So credit to Final Cut as well. Right. Credit, yeah. Credit yeah. To Final Cut. How about uh, your editing process? Tell us a little bit about that and. Uh, on a usual shoot, how long does a video take you to put together? So I unfortunately use Adobe Premiere Pro, and I okay. say unfortunately for a reason. And I'll I'll give a backstory because I'm I'm really looking to switch NLEs in terms of the nonlinear editing software that I use because I, I just disagree with how much money you have to spend on a subscription service and a rental software that you don't own that is poorly optimized, not just in terms of speed and performance, but in terms of stability. I, I speak for myself. I don't find Premiere Pro that stable. Like I fight with the software more than it just lets me do what I need it to do, regardless of how powerful and free the um, operating um, the software is versus the other competition. So I will be making a switch to DaVinci Resolve because the, the reason why I say DaVinci Resolve is because I think DaVinci Resolve with Blackmagic, they planted themselves in the best position out of all the other editors. The reason why is, is that they've got the same business model as Final Cut, where it's a one-time pay software. You own it for life. That's great. You get all the future updates, but it works on both Mac and PC. Premiere works on both Mac and PC, but it's a subscription-based service, which is poorly optimized. Final Cut is awesome. It's like, oh, that, that thing is a beast but I don't want to be trapped into being on Mac only. The reason why is that I will always be on desktop in terms of Windows. The reason why, again, to add to that is that I think Apple have missed an opportunity to make a normal Mac, which is a cheaper normal version of the Mac Pro, just like how they have an iMac Pro and an iMac, because there's, there's, this, there's this gap. And I know most people will be like, hey, the Mac mini, but the Mac mini doesn't have a dedicated GPU. And the thermal enclosure doesn't really give room for upgradability, customizability, and good thermals when you're really pushing it. You see, so Apple have got this gap where us PC guys that can spend maybe 600 to 900 pounds and build like a killer-based PC that can not just crunch editing, but also game, which is something I do on PC. You know, I don't want to be trapped into having a software that will limit me to just be on Mac. You see, so I think uh, DaVinci Resolve will, will, will set that well because on the flip side, although I am on PC, when it comes to laptops for content creation, nothing beats a MacBook Pro. And I made a video on this about my frustrations with Windows laptops. So, you know, I, I explained it properly that Windows laptops are more powerful, but they're poorly optimized for unplugged performance. And it's an underrated feature where Apple really optimize how the speed and the performance of the laptop stays the same, whether you're plugged into the wall or you unplug it, you don't get no performance throttle. It's the same performance. So it can run at maximum speed on the battery, which is so, which is what makes it a true laptop. That means 
the same power that I would have if I was plugged into the wall, if I was editing 8K, 6K or 4K, it's the same power that I would have if I'm on a train and I'm editing on a plane or in a coffee shop where I can't find a power socket, which has always been the case for me. You know, I can get the same editing performance if I wanted to move away from my desktop and go somewhere else to edit in a much more quieter environment or a different environment at the park. I know a lot of people that do that, go on the bench. I can edit because my laptop will not performance throttle. You see, so that's kind of a, a background of like what I use and where my direction is in terms of chains. But when making a video, um, I tend to I tend to always, most people might not know this, but I tend to script 90% of my videos because I find that to be very efficient. So I would use a teleprompter, whether it's a big one that works with an iPad or a small one that works with a smartphone. I've invested in two teleprompters and the skill was developing how to script in a way where it looks like I'm just going off head like it's a normal video. And that's a skill that comes over time. And I think I've gotten there, but I'm still getting better as I go. So what's good about it is when you script, there's a word count to length of video metric where 130 words equates to one minute of speech. Okay. So it's it's a crazy metric, but it works nearly every time. If you type or script X amount of words and you divide it by 130, I promise you, give or take maybe 30 seconds, less or more, that's the length how long the video will be. So it makes it makes it makes making your videos much more efficient, much more predictable, and a lot less stressful as well. The reason why is that any content creator that's ever done videos off head, no matter how good they are, they've always fallen into the trap where when they fumble and make a mistake, they always forget where they made the mistake, what they were talking about, and how to recreate that exactly the same way. And it takes a lot of time. It makes the process so much more frustrating than it already is. Whereas with a teleprompter or an auto cue, you can see where you made a mistake. You can just keep hitting it over and over again. And no matter how long you take to do it, when you edit it, the video length is still the same. So on popular opinion, I personally think for the type of videos and the type of client work that I do, using a teleprompter is the best way to make videos. It saves time. It allows you to then off the, tele off the, off the script when you read it, you can basically write a shot list so you know what b-roll you need to absolutely get to complement the video you know and then once you do that you're like hey i can have a bit more fun freestyle add some extra bits and get more creative with it but you know that you've got exactly what you need and then yeah pretty much um two ways of pretty much getting the footage in i use an external recorder from atomos the ninja five because when it records in ProRes, ProRes is the best codec for recording ever. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. When you record in ProRes, you basically can play back your footage at full quality in your editing suite, and it doesn't slow down one bit. It's basically the codec that you use to um, transcode into proxies, but you're actually recording in it. So that means you don't have to put your files into proxies because it's already a high quality proxy file that you can edit really, really fast, export really, really fast. It's 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 literally the way I go. So yeah, it can take it can take between a, a day to sometimes a couple of hours, depending on how complex the video is. Yeah. I think a lot of the listeners here who are just starting out, they'll have to listen to that a few times to 
get exactly what you were talking about there. That's a lot of great information. Uh, yeah. uh, and I love the idea of the teleprompter because I know for me starting out, I start talking, I mess up. I do the exact same thing you were talking about where, oh shoot, what was I talking about? And it ends yep. up taking a lot longer. And mm -hmm. another thing is I start getting sidetracked on what I'm talking uh -huh. about. And then I'm sure I lose viewers that way. You know, yep. everyone's uh, wanting an efficient video where you're getting exactly what you clicked into the video for. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I can see where a teleprompter would keep you on point and mm -hmm. uh, keep everyone focused. So uh, yep. I guess uh, other than that, um, is YouTube your full-time job? No, not at the minute. And I wanted to. I wanted to. I, I really, I really, I've set a trajectory where if I can keep, if I can keep the level of consistency that I'm going right now, I see myself in 2022 being at a position where it can sustain itself. Um, it's good that obviously I've got, I'm, I'm looking for a new day job. Um, previous job got made redundant and stuff, which, you know, I think that's been a lot of people this year. This year is just a, a lemon year that you have to just make as much lemonade out of it. Unfortunately, right. it's one of those things. Yes. Right? Um, so, you know, as well as obviously the freelance and the client work that I get, um, inconsistently that's turning consistent, which is good to supplement it ultimately, as well as other things that I want to diversify into, I want YouTube to be that solid tree trunk Yep. so that the branches that will come out of it, that allow for diversification into other things happen yes. because it's, uh, it's very rare to find something that you're truly passionate about and not passionate about for the fame but you're passionate about because you're like i really i may not be the best at it but it doesn't take away from me genuinely enjoying doing this you know making videos sharing my opinions growing bringing different things in and letting it be something that i can call my own you know so yeah the the, the plan is definitely to make that because I think I think the, the gift of the gift of that will be more time for myself, more time for my family. Yes. And just something that is genuinely your own where you look forward to doing it more, where it never really feels like working. And I think sometimes when people say when, when you say that you think, oh, you don't want to work or it takes away from how much effort it takes. Having something that is your own that you enjoy doing where it never feels like work doesn't take away how much effort you need to put in how much time you need to put in it, it doesn't make that any less the feeling of it working is less but the effort put in is probably three times more than you would ever put in versus working for someone else <laughs> right and like you said yeah. it's awesome to say it's your own which is yeah. uh you can work 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 but uh like you said, your own, that's, I think that's what everyone on YouTube is after. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a great feeling and it's a, it's a privilege to have that feeling, know that feeling and have a way to work towards it because the biggest struggle in life is finding that. Right. And you that, know, that's one. Yeah. Go on, sir. An, another thing for you, it, it's gotta be rewarding to see that mm -hmm. how many people are finding your channel and finding it useful and really uh, appreciating your hard work. Yeah. 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 So that's always my response that, you know, it, it, you, it's part of the end game and the end game always grows into different things, right? Because yes. 
as as much planning as you have, you 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 get things that come your way during life that branch out. That you think I wasn't even expected to be here, but hey, I'm here <laughs> and I'm enjoying it. And this is another addition because of what I was doing and the exposure that came from it. You know, so I'm 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 willing and I'm I'm just riding it out, man. So it should be good. Awesome. Well, I want to say before this last segment here, I really appreciate you coming on my show and uh, taking the time out no, of your busy day. Um, Thanks for having me, man. I've got this little section that I have in the end of every one of my podcasts where it's just quick hitting questions. So I'll ask a question and maybe a a one or two word answer if possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I like that. All right. What do you think of when you think of North Dakota? Nothing comes into mind. Yep. (laughs) Uh, It's weird. Maybe South Dakota. South Dakota? That's the only thing I know. (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, what do you think of when you think of South Dakota? Nothing. Nothing. All I know is North Dakota. North Dakota. Okay. Yep. (laughs) All right. What is your favorite sport? Oh, football. But as you guys call it, soccer. But it's okay. Soccer. Okay. Yep. Favorite team? Uh, Manchester United. All right. How about uh, Have you ever heard of the Minnesota? I get this wrong because Minnesota Vikings, but now they've got a professional soccer team. I think. Okay. I think they're called the Loons. Um, and I think okay. they call them Minnesota United. I, I'm not sure. Okay. I haven't watched okay. too much, but uh, so I, I'm guessing on the world scale, scale MLS probably isn't the top league. Is no, that true? No, no, it's definitely it's definitely the Premier League in the UK. Premier League, to, okay. Yeah, next to La Liga and Serie A, as well as um, um, what do you call it, um, Spanish league, La Liga and Serie A in Italy. Yeah. Okay, so would MLS kind of be like a minor league system? Like is yeah, it okay? Definitely would, definitely would. But you you get you get some odd few soccer stars from there that break out into Europe. Okay. Um, so yeah. Okay, cool. I'll have to pay more attention to that, I guess. <laughs> um, favorite tech brand. Ooh, that's a good question. Favorite tech brand. Oh, off head, off head, off head. Man, that's I've for someone that does tech, that is that is a good question. I I'll probably say Samsung because okay. they they are they are I'm a very hardware driven person being a PC guy. Okay. And, um, yeah, they are very very much hardware pioneers. So yeah, Samsung, I would say. This next question might be the same answer, but if you could be sponsored on your YouTube channel by any company, who would it be? Oh, it would be. It would actually be Samsung, funny enough. Yep. It would. It would. I actually probably would. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's, a good it's weird. It's so weird. Never <laughs> thought of that. Yeah. I like these questions. Good stuff. All right. Favorite hobby outside of video and technology? Um, I would probably say sports. I'm a, I'm okay. a very sports-oriented person, so general sports. But generally now, um, long-distance running is something I do on a regular oh, basis wow. now. Okay, so do yeah. you uh, watch, like, Casey Neistat? I know he's into running and stuff, oh, yeah. too. Uh, that's uh, Who doesn't watch Neistat? Uh, that's right, Neistat exactly, is, yep. <laughs> man, Neistat's one of the reasons why next to, you know, guys like YC Image and Christopher Rose, yep. that I, I, I enjoy incorporating glo- um, vlogging into my, my content creation. Yes, so, yep. Yeah, man, definitely, definitely. Last one here, favorite food? Oh, it would be... Uh, a traditional dish from Ghana called wache. Oh, and <laughs> very, very nice. It's basically rice and beans, but it's okay. done in such a way where, oh, it hits. It really Boy, hits. so it's spicy. It's, 
it's not even that it's spicy it's just it's just wholesome okay it's, it's the flavor of it man well i've it's never heard of that i'll have to check that oh, out man. as well definitely check that man definitely check that well uh tell us a little bit where my listeners can get a hold of you um we'll definitely have your links in the description of this podcast um to youtube instagram you have any other shout outs you want to put in at the end of this absolutely man it's always my favorite part thanks for having me on the show preston and again this is ben from lover of tech london uk based content creator main platform that you will find me on is going to be on the youtubes and that is on www.youtube.com forward slash lover of tech that is t-e-c-h for tech t-e-c-h for tech lover of tech all is one word you also find me on twitter all is one word lover of tech B-A, B-A for the initials for the name Benjamin Abwaji. Instagram as well, lover of tech underscore B-A. That's the only place that you see the underscore B-A. And you also see me on the facebook.com forward slash lover of tech B-A as well. That's pretty much the main places I am. I'm very active on Twitter, especially. So if you ever reach out to me there, especially for the size I am around, you usually get me to reply and hit up. Very active on YouTube as well as Instagram as well. So that is where you will find me. Awesome. Hopefully we can have you again on the show in the future. Yes, uh, maybe when yes. some uh, big tech releases come out, maybe we can have you on oh, again. Yeah, uh, yeah I'd thank- love to. I'd love to. Thanks for reaching out, man. Really th- enjoyed it. Thank you very much for your time. Anytime. I want to thank you guys for listening to tonight's episode of Preston Jensen's podcast. I want to send a special thank you to Ben, or as many of you may know him, lover of tech on YouTube. Uh, this guy is has got a great knowledge base for technology. If you guys want to review on basically any technology, go over and check out his channel. Check out those thumbnails we were talking about and definitely give him a like and a subscribe. Uh, I'm going to have in the uh, description of this uh, all the places you can reach Ben. Um, If you guys thought I sounded a little distracted on this interview, it's because I was and I want to apologize for that. Um, during this interview, a tornado siren went off in my home city and, uh, I was getting texts from my wife saying, oh, I think we got a tornado warning. So I was a little bit distracted, but we got through it and I want to apologize to Ben for being distracted, but he did a great job of covering for me and I, I need to thank him for that. Um, we've been having a lot of fun on this podcast and I've got a lot of fun stuff in store. So stay tuned for future episodes. Thanks again.